comics, TV, movies, video games, and more. The Comic and Culture Cast. Holy Spider-Man. Spider-Man does whatever a spider can. Batman, it's time for the Comic and Culture Cast. This is Les, your Marvelous Marvel Guy. And I may not be from the Capitol, but I'm your DC guy, Josh. All right, guys, before we talk about what we're going to be talking about this episode, I just wanted to let you guys know that uh, a thunderstorm is coming on my side. So apologies if you hear some thunder uh, noises. Um, Yeah, it looks like a storm's coming. So just heads up there. Um, The funny thing is I just realized I'm north of you. So it'd be funny if during the time of the podcast, it goes over you and comes to me. That would be hilarious, actually. That would be really funny. We should should, like prolong this episode so so we can wait for it to get to you. Because that'd be hilarious. That'd be funny. Anyway, uh, the latest installment of the uh, MCU has arrived. Spider-Man Far From Home uh, is here, and we're going to be talking about that movie for all you guys and going into spoiler details, uh, including those end credit scenes. But before we do that, oh wait, we're actually, before I was going to say before we get into News Flash, but we're talking about something else this episode. You want to tell them what we're talking about? Sure. Stranger Things Season 3. Yeah. And just a heads up, we will get into spoiler territory, but there will be a spoiler warning before we talk about each one. So there will be two spoiler warnings this episode. I'll make sure to put timestamps in the show notes. So whatever podcatcher you're listening on, you can just check the show notes and see where to skip to if you're ready for one, but not the other. Yeah, it's a pretty action-packed episode. Uh, Yes, it is. Yeah, we've got a lot to talk about. Uh, But before we talk about either of those, uh, we're going to do Newsflash. Cool. Like always. All right, I'll set the timer. You tell them about it. Cool. So uh, we're going to have 15 minutes on the timer. Uh, and then in that 15 minutes, we're just going to be talking about all the news that has uh, happened since last episode. And news we don't get to will either go on the Facebook page or we'll save them for next episode. Ready, ready. Are you set? Seti, seti. Are you go? Goey, goey. All right. <laughs> All right. So it's been a while since we've had a box office update, but we're just going to get through that. We're just going to talk about a few movies because uh, these movies that I've picked are actually kind of close to some uh, either record breaking numbers or they're just close to a, like, you know, a billion dollar mark or something. So first, uh, we'll have talk about Avengers Endgame. Uh, it's currently $7 million away from breaking Avatar's record as the highest grossing film of all time, unadjusted for inflation. It's going to be close, though, because Endgame is starting to pull out of theaters. So we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Avengers Endgame is currently at $851 million domestically and $2.781 billion worldwide. And when it comes to general audience, people are starting to fall off, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. Uh, next up we have, uh, Detective Pikachu. That is also close to breaking a record. We'll have to see if it can do it. Uh, it is about 4 million away 
from becoming the highest grossing film based on a video game uh, unadjusted for inflation. I, I Honestly, I don't even know adjusted for inflation what the record holder is, but whatever. Uh, that record is currently um, held by Warcraft, which came out a few years ago, 2016. Uh, it made $433 million worldwide. Pokemon Detective Pikachu is at $143 million domestically and $429 million worldwide. So that one's getting close. Uh, but that's also being starting to get pulled from theaters too, unfortunately. So who knows what will happen there. Uh, Aladdin uh, had a mixed critical reception, but it seems to be clicking well with audiences. It's had uh, great legs to carry it through these last few weeks. Uh, it's closing in on the 1 billion mark. We'll have to see if it can make it there. Uh, right now, Aladdin sits at 331 million domestically and 961 million worldwide. And finally, the last film we'll talk about is Spider-Man Far From Home. Um, it has been in theaters 13 days. Uh, right now, it's at 274 million domestically and 844 million worldwide. And that's the box cool. office update. Oh, and these numbers are uh, July 16th. 2019 by the way cool cool yep all right so either last episode or two episodes ago i can't remember we talked a little about amd and their pc gaming hardware stuff oh yeah well we talked about their graphics cards launching in july well they did launch them but right before they launched them like a week before nvidia their competitor when it comes to graphics cards announced they're competing rtx super cards kind of like the jab at amd being like oh yeah you're releasing new cards well we're releasing ones that are even better <laughs> and then the jab back at them amd said well those new cards we're releasing we're dropping the prices on them <laughs> so what's great yeah. about this is competition is working and now both companies are releasing great new cards that are actually pretty good when it comes to price per performance sweet so whether you're Team Green with AM, with NVIDIA or Team Red with AMD, you're a happy camper because it's a you're win -win. getting some new cards for a good price. Exactly. Yep. Before sending cool. it back to you, I'll talk about um, Dragon Ball Z Dokkan Battle. All right. Um, the mobile game that we talk about often. The four-year anniversary for the global version of the app is happening right now. The banners and events are amazing. I'm having a lot of fun in it. So is Sydney. So is several other people I've talked to. So are several other people I've talked to. Mm -hmm. Some great new cards. And one of them I actually did a showcase video on um, at different levels of the card, uh, three different levels. That new video is up on YouTube and BitChute. The showcase is 50 minutes long, 5-0. But it's really three showcases in one because I talk about the card at three different levels. So if you're interested, go ahead and check it out. At the very beginning of the video, I show some time stamps. So if you're only interested in one of the three portions you can go watch that one portion without having to watch the whole video now is a great time to be playing dokkan cool back to you all right so we'll talk about some uh disney slash marvel stuff i have one marvel studios news and then one disney related news uh thor 4 is it's official uh this news actually just came in a few hours ago which is i'm so glad that it, it happened right before we recorded because that would have sucked if like we were recording oh, the episode yeah. and it dropped which is always my fear uh as of right now all we know is taika watiti and chris hemsworth are coming back for the uh, fourth installment taika watiti directed and wrote thor ragnarok and he will um direct and write whatever this fourth installment is going to be um the movie he was working on, I, I totally, I, I, the name's escaping me now, that actually got delayed, so it seems like they want this to come out soon-ish. Um, I'm surprised that they dropped this right before Comic-Con, because you'd think that they would save it. Either way, really excited for it. 
Um, and can't wait to learn more. Uh, also, for Disney-related stuff, uh, we have the first trailer for Mulan, um, which looked pretty cool. Uh, that dropped, uh, I think, like a week ago. The film is scheduled for a March 27, uh, 2020 release, and I'm sure you'll see the trailer uh, in front of Lion King when it opens up this weekend. So, yeah. Cool. I'll pass it cool. back to you. All right, so I have a little bit of comic book-related news. So Shazam, or Shazam 2, <laughs> is being fast-tracked. Why? Because, well, children grow up. So. Oh, wait. How cool would it have been if you said Shazam and then, like, lightning and that thunder, would be funny. like, happened behind? That would have oh. <laughs> That would have been hilarious. I'm yeah. <laughs> but um, it's being fast-tracked because children grow up. Mm-hmm. And when you have so many child actors, you got to get through these films quickly. Yep. And Zachary Levi, the actor who plays um, Captain Marvel within the film, has stated that there are no plans for Black Adam within Shazam 2. As um, he said that Black Adam should have his own movie first. I know a lot of people will disagree with that, um, myself included. I think he should be introduced in Shazam. Mm-hmm. But either way, he said that Black Adam should have his own film first. And then both of them could appear side by side in a third Shazam film. Mm-hmm. So that's um, his words on that. Yeah, I think having him like introduced in Shazam first will just get more people excited for a Black Adam movie. Exactly, so, I agree. Yeah. Even if it's like, you know, at the very end somehow. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Um, the Warner Media streaming service we talked about recently mm-hmm. now has a name. It's being called HBO Max. It will okay. be launched in 2020. So cool. that's all we really know. Um, apparently, yeah. things like... Um, the DC Universe and other Warner-owned streaming services are going to stay for now, as they are. But people are unsure as maybe if HBO Max does well, it's all going to be thrown in together. But we still don't know. Got it. Um, last thing before I toss it back to Lesh. The TV show Pennyworth, um, about Alfred Pennyworth, will have a large presence at Comic-Con this year, including the premiere of its pilot episode. Cool. I'm not super interested in the show, but if... You want to see somebody's take on how Alfred Pennyworth became Batman's butler and, you know, his life before coming to, I'm guessing, before coming to the United States or maybe just, you know, when he came to the United States before he was hired by Mm -hmm. Thomas Wayne. I don't know exactly how they're going to work it out, but if you're interested in that, then be sure to check out the pilot after it premieres at Comic-Con. Cool, yeah. I'm interested in learning more, I guess. Cool. Yeah. Back to you. All right, so uh, the Nintendo Switch Lite has been announced. Uh... It's a uh, system that is smaller than the original Nintendo Switch, and it is designed only for handheld play. Uh, The Nintendo Switch Lite will be released on September 20th and will cost about $200. And I see you have words on this, Joshua. Yes. (laughs) Some people um, are going to think, are going to disagree with me, and honestly, I don't care. Mm -hmm. I think this is the stupidest thing in the world because the whole selling point of the Switch Mm -hmm. was the fact that you can switch between home and away. Yeah. And the fact that they're making this, that the Joy-Cons don't come off and that you can't put it on a docking station, all of this, it makes no sense to me. It's like saying, oh, we made a cheaper version of the Wii without motion control. Mm -hmm. I think there are so many things that you could change to make it cheaper, but changing the selling point, the main feature, it's not the same product anymore. Well, you know why they probably did this, right? It's probably because they just like, we don't want to have use for the DS anymore, you know? Yeah. This is probably why they're doing it. I mean, I agree with you. Like, I have no reason to get this at all. Even mm-hmm. if I, like, even if I did not have a Nintendo Switch, I would not be getting it. I might as well just get an actual Switch, you know? 
Yeah, um, exactly. But like, yeah, what makes this thing special? The Switch had something that made it special. Right. What is what makes this thing special? The fact that it's, I mean, uh, a mobile console that's getting games. <laughs> I guess because the I could just use an iPad. Yes, is it? Well, yeah, I mean, if you want to play like the Nintendo games, you know, like I think the last big release it had was um, the Persona spinoff, which originally I wanted to get, and then I realized it was a DS exclusive. And I have a DS, but I was mm-hmm. like, no, nah, I'm not getting a DS game anymore, you know? I mean, so that's probably why they're doing it, but yeah, I just, I I mean, they should have brought the price down, like, a lot more, I think. But. Yeah. And called it something else, because it's the, no longer Switches. Yeah. I don't know. I've been yeah. slightly upset with Nintendo ever since the um, 3DS did not have a Game Boy Advance cartridge slot. Oh, yeah, okay. Because that was the coolest thing about the DS is being able to play both. But anyway, that's just a whole backwards compatibility issue. Yeah. All consoles have debates over it. And that's why I like PC. I can play any game I want. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I'll just do my last piece of news yeah, before ahead. I pass it back to you. So just uh, some news for Hunger Games fans. I personally am not that big of a Hunger Games fan. But, I mean, this news seems kind of interesting to me. Uh, a prequel novel set 64 years before the original books is set to be released on may 19 2020 the novel will take place in the reconstruction period 10 years after the war which led to the creation of the hunger games uh lionsgate is already speaking with author suzanne collins about a film adaptation um yeah that's that i mean like like i said i'm not that big on the hunger games i thought it's i feel like it'd be kind of interesting to see but I gotta say, yeah. I think it's a bad idea to be already talking about film adaptation. Yeah, I yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, because what if soon. the book comes out and people don't it like flops. it? Flops. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, or it you know it could come out and people love it. Yeah. But you don't want to. Well, it, I it, think it's really fifty fifty. You don't want to take that risk. It's just because of the name. It's connected to a big name, Hunger Games. You know that that's why they're interested yeah. in it probably, but. Um, I mean, it's not confirmed yet, you know, so I don't know. It might flop, and they'll just be like, nope, we're backing out of this, but we'll see. Yeah. All right, well. All right, that's all my last, news, so passing okay. it to you. Last piece of news for me, it's a little trio of news here, all related to the Joker film. Ooh. So apparently, Todd Phillips originally pitched the Joker film as the first film of a new DC Films label where directors could do whatever they wanted and wouldn't be tied to a specific universe at all. So Warner Brothers has always tried to pitch themselves as, you know, director-driven, but the whole thing here would be directors do what they want. They don't even have to make it related to anything. I love this idea. Yeah. And I hope it's true. (laughs) And the next piece of news goes with it, and it's really interesting. So Todd Phillips confirmed that the Joker film does not pull from comics at all, but rather is a brand new take. Now, some people will be upset about this, but I like this idea because we know going in that this is a true Elseworlds tale. If it was like we found out afterwards or went and saw the film was like that had nothing to do with the comics, I'd be upset. But knowing that this is an Elseworlds tale going in makes me kind of excited for it. Like, for example, if we saw a Batman film that had nothing to do with the comics, I'd be upset unless I knew going in that it was going to be like that because then it's its own thing. Right. A true Elseworlds tale. Um, But what I like even more than the idea of this film is the precedent that it sets because it says if this film does well, they'll say, hey, we can do this with other characters and make other Elseworld tales. Some Elseworld tales based on comics like Flashpoint 
and um, Justice and Kingdom Come and The Dark Knight Returns, but then also some original ideas that maybe we'll see coming from screenwriters and filmmakers rather than just comic book writers. So I think that could be really cool if this film does well, the precedent that it's going to set. Yeah. Any thoughts on that? No, yeah. I mean, I agree with you. I mean, I'm really excited for this movie. Um, like, ridiculously ridiculously excited. So I can't wait to see what they do with it, to be honest. Yeah. And just to reiterate, I'm happy we know going in that it's like this because I'd be really upset if I didn't know this and I went in expecting something. Mm-hmm. But now that I know what to expect, that it's not going to be based on comics, I'm, I'm kind of excited for it. Well, it's kind of cool because now you're like expecting no something yeah exactly yeah yeah yeah, and last piece of news um the joker will be shown in select theaters and 70 on 70 millimeter film so cool that's pretty cool yeah and i think that's the end of newsflash right awesome yeah oh wait wait one minute left wait 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 this just in this just in a trailer for um uh I have news on my end, too. It's saying that Lesh is making up news again. (laughs) I was trying to come up with something, but I can never come up with something on the spot, so. All right. All right. The timer, we had one minute left. Cool. All right, so are we going to, I kind of like on the show notes just put Stranger Things and then Spider-Man, but I really don't care what we do first. Um, I'm fine with that order or the other order. I'm ready for either. Well, I mean, I guess we have to do one or the other, right? Yeah, so let's start with Stranger Things. Okay, let's do Stranger Things first. All right, so we're going to do our two statements because my statement doesn't have spoilers. Does yours? Um, I may have... I'll tell you what. If, if, there, if there's... I don't think I did spoilers, but if I, if I did have a spoiler in here, I'll improvise on it. Okay, cool. Yeah. So yes, you can listen for now. Mm-hmm. Listen to our statements about our thoughts on the, on the seasons. Then there will be the spoiler warning. Then we'll go into our discussion. So you can listen to our thoughts if you haven't seen the season three yet. And then you can come back after the spoiler warning. Cool. If you want to skip the Spider-Man Far From Home, um, check the show notes to see the timestamp for that. All right, you want to start? Yeah, sure. All right. After a still good but unforgettable and somewhat dragging second season, Stranger Things Season 3 is a return to form, and we're reminded what makes this series so special in the first place. It's many characters and the relationships they all share. Mike, Eleven, Dustin, Lucas, Will, and Max are all growing up, and that's really what the core of this season is all about. This season constantly tests these relationships as each of these kids start living their own lives. Dustin spends the whole majority of this season away from all the other kids, for example. While you feel for these kids as a whole, Mike and Eleven's relationship comes across as more bratty this time around. The constant disrespect that Mike shows Jim Hopper makes you really dislike his character. You're, you're meant to feel for that relationship between Mike and Eleven, but I never really cared for them as a couple following that first episode or two. The season really splits up these characters, which I like as it really develops the relationships between the characters that they're kind of with in these smaller groups. Uh, the cool thing about this season is that everyone is investigating basically the same thing, but they smart. They start in, in little groups before all coming together. Think uh, sub Super Smash Bros. Subspace uh, story, if you guys have played that. Uh, the characters I still really love the most are uh, Dustin, Steve Harrington, uh, Robin, who is a new character this season, and Nancy Wheeler, who is once again way too cool for Jonathan. 
my only other real complaint with this season is that all these characters seem to rely on Eleven way too much. Uh, but that complaint kind of gets uh, negated by the final act of the season. We'll talk a bit more about that later. Um, and yeah, honestly, I, I really enjoyed this season. I I kind of, I wrote this season, or I wrote the review for this uh, season, like, right before we started recording, so it's not as good as my Spider-Man, but... Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed this uh, season. It's up there with season one for me. Definitely better, I think, than season two. I actually kind of remember what happened uh, in this season. My final rating is a 9 out of 10. All right? Cool. All right, so for me, Stranger Things season three was a huge surprise for me. I was happy with how season two ended and was worried that things would feel forced in order to continue into season three. I was very wrong. The characters were as great as always, the storytelling was fantastic, and the narrative style, um, a new one for the series, made the season feel a lot more full than just eight episodes. There were a few points that I think were overly and unnecessarily too gory and gross, but I guess that's a small nitpick because the plot was good um, and it didn't really pull away from it. Also, the after credits scene at the end of the last episode worries me. Um, this isn't any spoilers. It just kind of says, oh, there's more to come. And I feel like season three is the perfect place for this series to end. And so I really don't want them to force it to continue unless they have a really, really, really good story for season four. Um, but we'll talk more about that when we get past the spoiler warning. But the best part for me was definitely the narrative style. Like you said, with all the characters apart, what it reminded me of was the Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. And um, so if you ever read the book of the Lord of the Rings, it kind of tells in the first half of one of the, I think it's the, um, in the two towers, it tells like the first half of the book is Gimli and um, Aragorn and Legolas. And the second half of the book is Frodo and Sam. Mm-hmm. Either that or it's swapped. But either way, it tells half the story and then half the story. But the movie, I think, does it better where it goes back and forth between what's happening. Mm-hmm. And then in Return of the King, they all come together at the end. And this reminded me a lot of the Lord of the Rings movies in that way where all the characters are kind of off doing their own thing and then they all come together in the end. And I think it's a really cool way of storytelling so you can see what's happening from different perspectives at the same time and then how it all ties together in the end. So that's kind of a weird way to end a statement, but that's kind of <laughs> ending my statement. Okay. Um, we'll go ahead and cue the spoiler warning. All right. Warning, warning, spoilers incoming. Time is X minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. All right, and here we are. So let's go ahead and talk about it with yeah. spoilers i actually want to touch on the uh what you mentioned about the end credit scene um mm-hmm. because actually they have said that season four is going to be the last one because they have an end in mind for the series so okay yeah okay. i just wanted to yeah because i was kind of with you at first where i was kind of like oh like what else are they gonna do now but then yeah i read an article that i guess they're planning on season four to be the last one because you know the 
they're getting older, you know, so it's okay, not like they cool. can keep it going for too much longer. But that's good because yeah. I like when mm-hmm. things have an end. Yeah, and this is definitely something that I want to have an end because mm-hmm. it is very good. Right. Yeah. And so as as long as it's good, I'm fine with a season four. Otherwise, we could pretend. Right. The good thing about this is if season four sucks, season three ended in a good place where you can pretend season four never happens. Right. Yeah. yeah so. so should we just get to dislikes then? Oh uh, sure. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the, the 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 one character I just I don't like is Mike. I I, I don't know. I've never been, I've just never been a fan of Mike to be honest <laughs> with you. Um, he just always comes across as just bratty to me. <laughs> so just anytime he's like, I'm just like, dude. I understand that. Like, 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 just be quiet, man. Just like, let's just like kill these bad guys. Kill this freaking monster. Just be quiet. Um, he just gets on my nerves too much. <laughs> He's a, he's a I love guy. I love all the other characters basically ex- except Mike, <laughs> but yeah. I'm trying to that think. and then oh, series going off. Uh, <laughs> that and, and um, I I touched on it a little. We, we we did a spoiler warning already, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, the, the other thing that I didn't like, which I touched on my review, but then it kind of got negated by the end was when uh, it felt like they like the characters just as a whole just relied on Eleven way too much to do everything. And it kind of felt like they were kind of useless. But then she loses her powers, or loses her powers. I guess they're probably going to come back. But when she loses her powers, like in like the final episode or stuff, and then it's like everyone else has to basically step up and actually do something. something. I was kind of like, oh, at least now they're kind of, you know, actually doing something useful. <laughs> And not just having her do all the work. That was my other thing, but... Yeah, and I think, too, that that might be a negative, but Mm -hmm. I kind of see it as a narrative positive. Oh, okay. As everybody's relying on her so Mm -hmm. much that by the end, it's like, oh, crap, we've relied on her so much, what do we do now? It kind of set them up for that not knowing what to do and then having to figure it out on themselves or on their own. Which, yeah, I like... And now that... um... No, you can go ahead. Now that Elle and the Byers family has moved mm-hmm. away, it's possible that something happens in season four, and they're like, well, what do we do without Elle here? Mm-hmm. Well, so. th- I mean, do you think she'd come back or no? Do you think they're I think done? so, but, oh, okay. but what do you think is going to happen in the time between her coming back and them having the issue? I don't know. They're going to have well, to figure out how to do something by themselves. Right. It's like, well, I mean, because, I mean, you, you would have to keep, you have to keep them all together, right? So either someone... Because I was originally thinking that maybe the troubles follow L, and not necessarily the town. You know, like they have mm-hmm. to get to her instead of vice versa. Well, it seems like everything is all about stuff happening happening in Hawkins, the town itself. Yeah, but like, like, cause the the what, forgetting his name, um, Billy, right? He was always after L, right? So. I mean, that was, mm, that was kind of always, that was just the way I interpreted it, was that, like, whatever troubles will follow her and not necessarily come out. Because she's she's left the town now, you know, so. Yeah. Um, There's also, remember the, um from season two, those other people that had strange abilities? That's uh, Yeah, I, I'm wondering if they're going to come back into this as well. Yeah, I was hoping because, they would make a comeback right. this season, but. Because it's weird for them to have, like, such, um. Well, I mean, like, they, they gave them a role in the second season, but, like, that was really kind of it. And then I, I just assumed that we would see them again, but... 
Yeah. Then just nothing And happened. to be honest, I was not too fond of those characters. Mm-hmm. They were not really yeah, my favorite. Yeah, I didn't really, yeah. But because they were present, I want to see more of them to, you know, have a purpose. Well, there. and because they were so important to L, you know. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, and, and then for me, it was just those few things where, like, the monster was, like, really gory and bloody oh, okay. for, like, no reason. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's something, like, a big horror trope that's unnecessary. Mm-hmm. You can be frightening and scary without being disgusting. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that was a little unnecessary, uh-huh. but it is what it yeah. is. Any neutrals you want to talk about? Not really. I just kind of have that those couple very simple negatives and then a lot okay. of positives. Um, so I guess this is going to positives. Um, you yeah. kind of touched on something, uh, I think, in your review that, like, uh, I mean, the season's only eight episodes, but it never felt at all like it was rushed or dragged. Like, it just it felt full, you know, which is what I yeah, love I so much be- about it. And I think that's because of that narrative right, style yeah. of going back and forth between the characters. Right. I was really upset when I found out it was eight episodes, mm-hmm. but by the end of it, I was like, okay, that actually yeah. didn't feel like eight episodes. Like, it was just right, you know? Yeah, yeah. It, it felt more like a normal TV series of 20 episodes. Right. Even though it obviously wasn't. Just story-wise, it felt that mm-hmm. way. And it was cool because, like, each like group of characters were based they were basically investigating the same thing basically right or at least it was all connected right like what they were investigating but like, i felt yeah. like each group was just um like 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 there wasn't one group in particular that i was like oh like these guys again you know it was like i was like oh like what are they up to now you know um yeah and that was kind of like with every single i mean there were obviously characters that i liked more than others but um like, there was never just a group that was kind of like, oh, I have to listen to these guys talk again. Like, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, another big positive is how they took some characters that were side characters or unlikable characters and mm-hmm. turned them into stars. Like. And the two I'm thinking of are Billy and Erica. Yes. Yeah, I agree with you. Billy, Billy had great development, I thought just overall yeah. even like with him just being like a monster basically the whole the whole time you know he was yeah. great and he it, i think it's so crazy how they took this character that mm-hmm. everybody hated yeah and then they made you feel bad for mm-hmm. him and then kill him yeah and then right when you start to actually kind of like him and he becomes somewhat likable that's when he dies well even when like even when he was bad just because of the way, like, Elle was, like, seeing his memories and stuff, he just started liking him, right? It, was a, it wasn't yeah, anything yeah. that he did in particular. It was just from what we saw, like, just his background, you know? Mm-hmm. Which I thought was, which I thought was great, but... Yeah. And then Erica. Yeah, and Erica. I just Erica thought it was, was really cool too. how, like, she's always, like, really annoying. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if I knew you in real life, I'd hate yeah. you. But... It's funny seeing you interact with other characters yeah. and seeing you take on this role of accidentally being thrown in here and now kind of being annoyingly bossy and actually helping out. Yeah. Who's, who's your, uh, out of curiosity, just who's your favorite character? Honestly, I don't really have a favorite character. Okay. Everybody's asked me what's my favorite yeah. character of ensemble films. Uh, and just, I don't know. Yeah. I always have okay. trouble picking. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was just curious to know if you had one or anything. But I, I like Lucas quite a bit. Oh, okay. Yeah. But um, I don't know if he's my favorite mm-hmm. because I also like Dustin. Yeah. But again, I don't know if he's my favorite. I, I just, you know, I'd say those are the two characters that kind of stand out most mm-hmm. to me, if, if that helps. Yeah. All, so. Can we talk about, um, oh, man, what, 
thing. Yeah, I forget the names now. The um the guy that was with uh Jim and Joyce um and then he wanted like that specific flavor of like ice cream or something. What was his name? Do you remember who I'm talking about? What did he do? That that Russian was that Russian guy. He was like a scientist. I'm trying to remember the name. He was with... Oh, with a, Alexia. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I was so... Alexi, Alexi. I was so sad when he died, man. I was I was so, so wasn't sad. Really funny? He, we were watching, Sydney and I were watching. Uh-huh. He got shot, and then Sydney looked at me and said, I was literally about to say, I think he's my favorite character. Are you serious? That's what Sydney said, <laughs> no, yeah. No, because I was, I was so sad, because he was, he was so great. Um, and he was, he was just so, he was so, he was just so innocent, I guess. Like, like he had no idea like what was going on. (laughs) He just gets shot. It's like, Like what Hopper said, he he was absolutely right. This guy, you know, he was locked up his whole life made to work for the Russians. So he was so happy to just even be out. Right. And just like enjoy life. It was so funny because when, uh, Hopper gives him the keys to the car, I was like, even when, like, Hopper was like, oh, he's not going to leave. He's not going to leave. I'm like, dude, this guy, is, he's leaving, man. Like, there's no way he's coming yeah. back. And then sure enough, he came back. And I'm like, oh, okay. He actually he actually came back. Yeah. He called it. No way. <laughs> like, I feel like there were. And then what did he say? Like, uh, strawberries oh, yeah. for the milkshake yeah. <laughs> or the slushy. <laughs> like, I feel like a lot of, uh, there was just a lot of moments, like, in this season Um that I feel like that are just memorable compared to last season. I feel like there wasn't really anything that like stuck out really, but I think with this season there's like gonna be a lot of moments, I think, memorable moments, uh, for sure. But yeah. I'm with you there, definitely. Mm-hmm. Trying to think of some other positives. Um, Jim Hopper's like whole arc was really Oh good. yeah. Mm-hmm. I I actually I cried when uh she was reading the speech for um, that he like wrote it, her. That was a very yeah. Good that was great. Yeah. yeah, something I totally forgot about, and they just they just brought it back in, which I thought was great. yeah, and it didn't feel forced yeah. at all either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything made everything was just so smooth like throughout this whole season. You know, like there was never like a spot that was like oh okay like maybe that could have been a bit better or something like everything just kind of just rolled along and it was just very smooth. It was, it was great. It, it was like all these puzzle pieces, like imagine different handfuls of puzzle mm-hmm. pieces thrown into a funnel, and then it comes out of the funnel and it's all put together. Yeah. That's what it felt like with all the different stories kind of going back and forth, and then it all just came together in the end. It was really cool too when um, they're uh, decoding the um, the Russian, um, what is it like uh, audio, um, and then and yeah. then they realize that it's in the ball too. Like I thought that part was really cool. Oh yeah, that like was when cool. They, how he hears the unicorn. Like music, like that. That part yeah. was really cool. Yeah, there was just a lot of great moments. That was really interesting how that whole thing went, all from the moment of trying to radio Susie, yeah, to the moment of figuring out that it was from the the, the unicorn thing, right? Yeah, that whole se- sequence of events, yeah. was really interesting because it seemed like every time they figured something out, you got turned in a different direction, and then finally at the end. It brought you right back to where you started. Right. So that was really cool. Yeah, everything just revolved around the mall, really, like in the end, which is cool. Mm-hmm. I hate it. I hate Interesting that mayor. conspiracy. <laughs> the guy was, oh man. Did he die? 
What happened? I don't remember. I, I, I just I just thought about him now. I can't remember what. Because I know she like punches him in the face. I don't know if he dies though. I don't remember. I'm trying to think and I can't remember. Oh well, not important. Yeah. Alright. I mean, that's all I have to talk about it. I mean, I enjoyed it a lot, so. I'm with you yeah, there. it was really great. I, like I said, I think the best thing about it, about this season in particular, is the narrative style. Mm-hmm. And the series overall is the plot and characters. Mm-hmm. Oh, and another thing I want to add that I thought was really cool. Like, I like how they, it, the whole kind of theme was around 4th of July and it came out around 4th of July. I, it's like mm-hmm. a small thing, but I, I kind of like that too. Cause I always, this is going to be sound really dumb, but I kind of get annoyed when like something is like, oh, like it's like a Christmassy like theme thing. And then it comes out in like May. Like- and I'm just like... Like Shazam came well, out in yeah, April, I mean, and it was about Christmas. Kind of like that. I mean, it's a small kind of nitpick, but I, I, I don't know. Like, I kind of... I enjoyed, like, watching um, Stranger Things Season 3 take place in 4th of July while it's 4th of July here. I don't know. It's just like... I thought it was just kind of cool, you know? That makes yeah. sense, yeah. It kind of just... It, it uh... It... It makes you feel, I guess, like part of it. I guess it's more immersive. more immersive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, that's really all I have to say about it. Yeah, I can't really think of anything yeah. more overall. Um, oh yeah, do you have a rating? This, I was just about to say something about mm-hmm. that. I was gonna say this series is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Stranger Things and all. Mm-hmm. I feel like it kind of had um, its ups and it, the whole first season was an up. Mm-hmm. Its second season had its ups and downs, and I feel like the whole third season was yeah. up. So it kind of evens it back out and brings it back to where it should be. Knowing that there's a fourth season kind of brings it down a little bit, but then knowing that the fourth season of the last season brings it back up a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, I think the series as a whole, all three seasons, um, because of the whole spirit of the show and stuff, it kind of ignoring the bad parts of season two, just thinking mm-hmm. about the show itself and what it's done, I'd give it definitely an A. Mm-hmm. This season, I think, is an A+. plus. Yeah. Yeah, it did a phenomenal job this season. Yeah. Do you have um, a numerical rating or just a um, grade? I mean... Well, I mean, I rated the season, this season, like a 9 out of 10. I think, like, the series the series as a whole, um, yeah, I mean, season 2, I wasn't that big of a fan of. Like, I thought it was fine, but it just didn't really do much for me. Um, if I had to give it, like, a rating out of 10, like, the series as a whole, it's probably in the 8th somewhere. Um, but, that, I mean, that could change with whatever the fourth season is, you know? Um, yeah. But and you tend to watch more TV than I do, so that's worth saying mm-hmm. as well. You're comparing it to more things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, want to move on to Spider-Man? Sure, sounds good. Um, I do you mind if I do my statement? Yeah, first? go ahead. Yeah, because I did my first anyway. Just for the record, though, I do have spoilers in my statement, so. Did you want to do the spoiler warning now for it? Or did you want to do... I don't know if you have any in yours. I actually took my spoilers out. Okay. I had two things that had to do with spoilers. And I took them out. And I was going to say them right after the spoiler warning. But this will actually work well. Okay. I'll start my statement 
I'll stop, do the spoiler warning, then say my last two things, and then move on to your statement. Okay, that sounds work? great. All right, so hello, all the people who just dropped in for this timestamp here. We're about to talk about Spider-Man Far From Home. I'm going to give my statement, then we're going to stop, do the spoiler warning. I'm going to say two more things, then Lesh is going to do his statement. So if you skipped Stranger Things because you haven't seen it yet, you're in the right place. And make sure to go listen to that after you finish Stranger Things season But three. if you haven't finished, or you haven't watched Spider-Man Far From Home, you're in the wrong place. That is true. So make sure you get to the and right And you're place. looking for Stranger Things, go back. Like Yeah, go back. <laughs> we'll have that timestamp too. <laughs> if you're looking for All Avengers right. Endgame, go way back. Several episodes <laughs> back. <laughs> All right, so. If you're looking for Aquaman, Spider- that's like oh boy. way <laughs> at the start yeah, yeah. there. Might as well just start at the beginning, folks. (laughs) All right. Spider-Man Far From Home was quite a mixed bag for me. From the top, I'll go ahead and get my main idea out of the way. I still do not like this Spider-Man. I prefer a college-aged or senior year in high school, almost college-aged Spider-Man. But with that, I really did not like the cringy high school romance kind of on the idea of the high school age Spider-Man. I think that's something that comes with that. But this is interesting coming from me. I think some of the humor was well-balanced and worked really well. Um, For example, the teacher who lived and died by science but blamed everything on witches. I thought that was really, really funny, and it worked well. It was not totally out of place. It worked with the tone. It worked with the plot, and it was genuinely funny, and I really enjoyed that. But on the other hand, there was also some really cringy humor that felt that fell flat. It did not work for me. For example, the Peter Tingles. I really didn't like that. That was really cringy to me and felt really out of place. Can, can I just say one thing real quick? Yeah, go yeah ahead. I did not touch on that in my review at all, but I'm glad you mentioned that. I also was not a fan of that also. But I just yeah. wanted, yeah. So that's why I said this film was kind of a mixed bag it had some really good stuff like that like the the witches humor but some really bad stuff like the peter tingles humor um but here's another thing upon seeing the film i was left with several questions for example um who are these people like this ned guy i never read a lot of spider-man comics but i never remember somebody named ned or someone who kind of had the place of ned also question number two why is aunt may so young (laughs) I think that's kind of weird, and um, no mention of Uncle Ben, so I don't know if that's being explored later, was explored in the last film, or what, but no mention of Uncle Ben. And my third question is, why does MJ not look like MJ? She was a really interesting character, and I kind of liked her at parts, but she just wasn't MJ at all. I can answer all those for you, so we'll get there. Cool. All right. (laughs) Well, we can explore those questions more during the discussion, But first, I just want to say that I really, 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 really liked Mysterio. He was the best part of the film for me. I loved his fighting style, his character, um, and his the visuals of his scenes, and all the cunning and deceiving ways he went around things. And I have two more things I want to say, but I'll wait until after the spoiler warning for those. So cue the spoiler warning. Warning, warning, spoilers incoming.
All right. Now, the next thing is um, I'm actually really quite upset that they did not explore the idea of the multiverse at all. Mm-hmm. And it, I really like the idea of it being deceiving and like, oh, it was Mysterio being deceiving. I love that about his character. But I wish they still did something with the multiverse. And I'm quite upset that they did not. That it was just this huge tease. The mid credit scene was good. I like that a lot. But the end credit scene was really confusing. What was with the shape-shifting goblins? I don't know what the shape-shifting goblins were, and I was really confused by that. I'll talk about that also. So that's the end of my statement and my questions that will lead into our discussion. Lesh, would you like yeah, to go? Yeah, so I'll do my statement here. All right, so Spider-Man Far From Home always had big shoes to fill. Not only is it the conclusion to Phase 3 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but it had to follow the emotionally gripping action-heavy, and consequential Avengers Endgame, as well as Infinity War. I will say that after the every superhero on deck films that were Infinity War and Endgame, I'm glad that the MCU has found peace and we can return to single hero movies after these gigantic events. I love Infinity War and Endgame, don't get me wrong, they're some of my favorite MCU films, but it's really hard to actually develop these characters when you have these big ensemble casts. I love that Spider-Man Far From Home took the MCU back to its core. It's a smaller scale adventure that never really gets to over the top and really develops Peter Parker extraordinarily well, especially after his previous roles in the Avengers films. Some people aren't going to like this, but it's fun. And that's exactly what I wanted after Avengers Endgame. Tom Holland shines again as Peter Parker and his chemistry between both Zendaya's Michelle slash MJ and Jacob Batalon's Ned Leeds is very sweet and sincere. The film is at its strongest whenever it gives tributes to Robert Downey Jr.'s Tony Stark Iron Man, uh, the scene where Peter is in Tony's ship making a new Spider-Man suit and listening to ACDC is by far my favorite scene and paid a beautiful tribute to the MCU's most popular hero. With all this said, I wasn't a huge fan of the plot itself, uh, one reason I've grown tired of Spider-Man as a character, and some people are, are going to be like, well, this is Spider-Man, but I mean, I've grown tired of it, is that it, it, his movies literally just follow the same basic tropes, girl issues, tangled with how do I balance my superhero life with my personal life? Um, maybe it's because Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse came out recently and was just so different to all the other Spidey films, but literally all other Spider- all other seven Spider-Man films have followed the same basic premise. Uh, with that said, I'm really happy they decided to mix it up a little and send Peter to Europe. Seeing Spider-Man swing around these European locations gave the film a slightly different feeling compared to all the other Spider-Man films that came before, even if the plot itself is still very similar. I also enjoyed the film's theme of deception versus uh, perception. A lot of that has to do with Jake Gyllenhaal's Mysterio, but we'll get to him soon. Uh, Samuel Jackson's Nick Fury does an okay job in this film. Uh, it is super hard to follow up his performance in Captain Marvel, where he was an instant scene stealer. Uh, there is a reason for this, though, which I will also get to. Uh, now back to Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, he does a fantastic job as Mysterio, who is one of my new favorite MCU villains, and the effects surrounding Mysterio are some of the MCU's most interesting and exciting uh, since 2016's Doctor Strange. Personally, I saw the twist coming from miles away, but I am a big comic book fan, 
uh, family and friends that I have talked to were very surprised when Mysterio turned out to be a villain, which I thought was kind of cool. Just like, you know, going to church and everyone would be like, what? Mysterio was bad. The whole, I'm like, yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, speaking of twists, uh, I loved the end credit scenes. They are some of the most mind blowing uh, in the MCU. I went to a midnight showing and as you can imagine, Everyone was freaking out. It was crazy. Um, I'm really curious to know where the MCU is going to go um, uh, into Phase 4, but also just what it all means for Peter as a character. Um, side note, I think that the mid credit scene is uh, a great way to introduce Daredevil into the MCU films. We can kind of talk about that later. Also, side note two, I called Nick Fury being a Skrull. Uh, if you want confirmation, you can talk to my parents about it. But I, I called it. I'm happy to to admit that I did. Uh, overall, I thoroughly enjoyed Spider-Man Far From Home. Plot-wise, it isn't too different from basically every other Spider-Man film. But it does enough different to make it feel fresh. Uh, following the emotional roller coaster that was Avengers Endgame, it was nice bringing this franchise back to a simple and sweet format. And those end credit scenes make me really excited for what else could come in the future of the MCU. My score is an 8 out of 10. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's jump into the discussion. And do you mind right. if we start with the questions? I yeah, have? let's start with them. All right. So number one was, who are all these people that I don't recognize? Yeah. So um, oh. now I want to be fair. My first three mm-hmm. questions might be answered by seeing the first film, mm-hmm. as I never saw the first film. Okay. But um, still, I, I kind of want to discuss yeah. them because when it comes from a comic standpoint, mm-hmm. I'm a little confused. Yeah, yeah. Hit me. So who is Ned? So Ned and all these other students. So Ned isn't really he's kind of an original character kind of he is based on a ned leads in the comics he isn't he's not really that big uh but he's more of kind of like a rival to peter um and that's really basically it i mean he's not that big in the comics in in this movie version he's his best friend so yeah okay so it's more of an original more of an original character yeah and okay Cool. I'm cool with that. And while kind of we're on that subject, um, this version of MJ, her actual real name is Michelle. Why they call her MJ, we don't know. But she's also supposed to be an original character as well. So she's 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 not not Mary Jane. Jane. No. Okay, because that was really confusing. Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. I'm with you on that. It's weird. (laughs) Why they decided... they, They say that they call her MJ just as like a tribute to Mary Jane. That's, that, that's not a good way to do which, a tribute. That's which a is a very way confusing way to do it because, like, I'm kind of like, wait a second. No, this is not Mary Jane Watson. I mean, yeah. if they introduce Mary Jane, who knows? But it's not it's not the MJ that we... It's not the MJ we know. Let's just, yeah, keep it at that. <laughs> yeah. She was an interesting character, mm. just like I said, not yeah. MJ. <laughs> very awkward. Now, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Other question. Mm. Why is Aunt May so young, and what's the deal with Uncle Ben? So Aunt May, I think, was just to make it different from the other Spider-Man films. I don't think there's a reason why they made her so young, to be honest. At least, I don't know. Um, Uncle Ben, they decided, just because they didn't want to kind of repeat the, um, kind of the beats of the other Spider-Man films, uh, Ben is kind of just, Uncle Ben is kind of just briefly, his suitcase is uh, Uncle Ben's suitcase. It's very hard to miss. It's just like subtle Easter eggs to him. Um, but uh, if you see his initials on the suitcase are is uh, Ben Parker. So, but yeah. Okay. Interesting. 
that's one thing that um, I disagree with with several people mm-hmm. on is some people say, um, oh, I don't like seeing the origin again. How many times do we have to see mm-hmm. Batman's parents die? How many times do we see Uncle Ben die? I like seeing a director's um, and a cinematographer's take mm-hmm. on it. So like I can, I can happily sit down and watch Thomas and Martha Wayne die a hundred different mm-hmm. ways and think it's really interesting. Same thing, I can watch Uncle Ben die a hundred different ways and think it's interesting. So I, think I don't know. I always look forward to seeing with a new franchise how they're going to do an This origin. goes to actually one of my complaints with, uh, not necessarily this movie, but just this take on Spider-Man, is I think they just, um, to, this was a positive in my in my review, I loved like a lot of the tribute to, to Iron Man and Tony Stark in this movie, but I think if you have like, they, they want Iron Man to be, like, this father figure to him. And I think if you put Uncle Ben, it's kind of, like, undermines that. Um, and mm. so it, that's part of my, like, the reason why I don't like this version of Spider-Man is because he's so much, like, oh, I gotta be like Iron Man. I gotta be like Iron Man. I gotta be like Iron Man. I agree with you 100%. But then it's like, no, just be your own dude, you know? Um, I agree yeah. with you 100% there. Um, now, my last question mm-hmm. With the end credits scene, yeah, what's with the shape shifting? So they're scrolls. They were introducing Captain Marvel. Um, they were actually the two that uh, they became like BFFs with Nick Fury and Captain Marvel. Um, and well, at the end of Captain Marvel, she goes and tries to find them a new home. So it was surprise to everyone that they're actually still on Earth and they're actually filling in for Nick Fury. So, um, and then it looks like. Just based on the rest of that end credit scene, um, Nick Fury is uh, in space. Uh, a lot of people think that the ship he's on is Sword, which is basically the equivalent of Shield, but in space. Um, and then it looks like in the MCU, Sword is overrun by Skrulls now. So, yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So, um, I kind of want to open this up into a little side discussion uh-huh. before we get back to Spider-Man, if yeah, you don't yeah. mind. Um. I feel like that changes the plot of the movie a lot, knowing that that wasn't Nick Fury the mm-hmm. whole time. And I was left very confused walking out because I was like, okay, who are these shape-shifting goblins? Mm-hmm. This completely changes the story of the movie because that was never Nick yeah. Fury then. Who who are these people and how does that affect what was actually happening and all the decision-making that mm-hmm. happened in this film? Well, And since I never saw Captain Marvel... Mm-hmm. I understand all of my questions not being answered when I didn't see the first film, all those questions we had before. But this question, I think, makes it a little tough. And one of my um, critiques, Mm -hmm. a big critique of the MCU is, so like, for example, I I know that I'm not going to understand Avengers unless I've seen the other films. Mm -hmm. But I expect to be able to watch all of the Captain America films and understand them without seeing the Iron Man films. Mm -hmm. I expect to see all the Iron Man films and understand them without seeing all the Thor films and so on. So I think it becomes problematic when I can't watch a Spider-Man film without watching film. Well, I mean, to be fair, like you understood the basic plot of Spider-Man Far From Home. Like that end credit scene doesn't really change anything. I don't think. Well, to me, it changed the whole idea because I was like, well, one of the main characters was not the main character. Yeah, but I mean, you didn't know. I mean, you could have left before the end credit scene. It doesn't change anything, you know? Yeah, but I feel like now looking back at it, like mm-hmm. when I left the theater, I was thinking, okay, well, now everything that I saw is different. Yeah. But it, it so still it felt doesn't. Like it changed the movie completely. I mean, not really. I don't think. I mean, it still, it still follows the basic. I mean, Nick Fury, I mean, you could have taken him out. You still basically have the same movie. 
I think. Well, it makes me wonder, like, would Nick Fury have trusted Mysterio at the beginning? No. The true Nick no. Fury. No, he Fury. wouldn't have. So that, that changes the movie completely. Because the real Nick Fury would have done something different. I mean, look, I mean... Let, let, okay, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. When it comes to, like, watching... When it comes to your critique of, like, the MCU, right? Where you have to watch these films and blah, 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 right? If you go into Avengers Infinity War not having watched any other movie, right? Would you would you be able to understand it? Well, that's my... Um, because my grandma is, understood I think, it, you know? Yeah. Really? I feel like I would have been very confused because I think it's different with an ensemble think, film versus I think... Series. With any Marvel movie, I think you can understand the basic premise of what's happening. Even if you had not watched the... Like, my aunt watched Civil War, having just watched Iron Man 1. She was like, okay, yeah, like, the Avengers, they've had some issues in the past, you know, like, with, like, casualties and everything, and now the government is after them. And, I mean, that's basically it, you know? Maybe it's just how I'm different of how analytical I am and wanting I think, to I think I think that's probably Lots it, of things. Yeah. Because it's not just that way with movies either. Mm. Like with books, I want to understand as much as I can about a yeah. story. So I guess for analytical people, this is a valid critique. Yeah, because like I talked with my sister about it. She didn't really know about the scroll thing either, but we were still talking about the movie fine. You know, like she understood what was going on, you know. Okay. But. So these goblins are really aliens and they're called scrolls. scrolls. Yeah, they shape shift. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anything else I should know about them other than the fact that they shapeshift and they're aliens? Um, well, I mean, in the comics, I can explain a little bit about, like, their origin, I guess. In the, in, in the comics, uh, they're part of something called uh, Secret Invasion, which uh, a lot of people were thinking could be, like, the next Avengers event. Uh, where basically, the whole point of, like, a Secret Invasion thing was that you didn't really know which part of the Avengers was a scroll and which was the actual character if that makes sense interesting um, yeah that sounds yeah interesting. but based on what we know in the mcu it seems like the scrolls are kind of good so uh we might have to find like i mean obviously there's not and someone pointed this out to me which i think is a very good explanation is that like not every single scroll is probably a good person right i mean that's the same with humans you know like like yeah, yeah. just one race of of uh people they're they're not all going to be good or bad right so i mean there could easily be yeah, bad yeah. scrolls out there um and the fact that two of them were part of this movie we didn't know about it you know um like who knows how many scrolls are out there now but i mean that's just something to kind of keep in mind um obviously we don't know what they're doing for phase four so we'll have to wait and see that's but. interesting yeah. And quick note for the audience, the reason that we have these discussions like this, like Lesh and I could have easily had this discussion off air, mm-hmm. not on the podcast, but the reason I like to have them on the podcast and the reason I don't tell Lesh what I think about movies or TV shows until the podcast is so you guys can hear our general reactions mm-hmm. and maybe you have the same questions or concerns that I do. Mm-hmm. Maybe you have the same questions or concerns that Lesh does. And when we have these conversations, hopefully it's kind of working with your internal dialogue as well to answer your questions. Yeah. Like, who the heck is Peter Parker? Who's that guy? Wasn't he... Oh, no, no. He was in um oh, that movie from the 80s. Um, Back to the Future. Oh, he, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the guy who made the car. Right. That's what okay. I thought. Wait, should we just... <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> should, do you have any more questions, or do you just want to get to... 
No, that's that my um, understanding okay. discussion. So now All let's right. get into the actual yeah. movie Yeah, uh, one thing I did not discuss... We're doing negatives, right? Um, one thing sure. I did not do... One thing I did not write in my review that I'm glad you touched on was the whole Peter Tingle thing. Just call it his spider sense. Like, what the heck, man? <laughs> like, that's yeah. all you had to do. And the thing is, if they said that once, and he was like, no, they're Spidey senses. Yeah. I'd be that, like, that was kind of cringy, but whatever, I'll get over it. The fact that it kept coming I back, I felt like it was really cringy. It fell flat as a joke, and it just didn't work, and it was, it made me uncomfortable. Just, just call it the <laughs> spider sense. Like the Peter Tingle, my goodness. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of what other negatives I had. Um, For me, still just the whole thing of high school. Yeah, I mean... High school romance and all that stuff. Just... Well... That's not the type of movie I wanted to go see. Yeah, well, I mean, touching on that, like, I kind of touched on it in my review. Like, I I understand that, like, that's literally the character of Spider-Man. Is that, like, it's always, like, between trying to balance his superhero life with his personal life, right? Like, I understand that. But it's like, yeah, yeah. I don't know, maybe it's because we've had so many Spider-Man movies now that I'm just, like, fatigued on Spider-Man. But I just feel like it's just, it's like the same basic thing over and over and over again with a different villain, you know? But to be fair, I love the Mysterio this time, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Mysterio yeah. is great. The best part of this film. Um, I don't know, I feel like, I feel like I was just watching the movie and even though, like, I liked it, I couldn't help but feel like, oh, yeah, this is just another Spider-Man movie, you know? Yeah. And I feel like what they tried to make it Mm -hmm. different by doing high school, but they made it different in a bad way, at least in my opinion. They did a bad type of different. Like, I still prefer the college age, or if you look at the original Spider-Man trilogy, he was a senior in high school in the first film, and then, like, kind of college age throughout the rest, and the idea of, like, balancing studies with work and being Spider-Man and um mj but the whole idea of work was kind of more important than the focus was on school which i thought was more interesting the whole idea of like the daily bugle and the pizza delivery and all those types of jobs and i think he was a waiter at well one point or something. i guess what's cool with this is that i mean it all depends on sony if they're willing to play ball but like if you look at robert downey jr like we had iron man for 10 years right like you could easily just tom holland's still very young you could just keep like spider-man aging for 10 years you know and then eventually you'll get there that's true and maybe we will get to the point where i will like Mm -hmm. the spider-man because we get to a point where he is in that age Mm -hmm. group i more prefer for spider-man Or maybe I just still won't like his personality. Now, that's, I think, the only way for me to actually tell if I do, if that's the reason I don't like the Spider-Man or not, is to wait and see when we get to that point, if we get to that point, if I am more favorable of the character or not at that Mm -hmm. point. And I think that's why I really liked, um, I'm glad he was able to kind of develop into not really like a Spider-Man sidekick, but kind of like his own like his own person kind of in this movie because like he, yeah it was kind of a coming right because like you couldn't really develop him develop him as a character in like the avengers movies just because there's so much going on already you know um so mm-hmm. i'm glad that they're kind of they're able to do that now um and kind of make him his own his own character so yeah that's definitely true mm-hmm. um, um more negatives i kind of already covered them in my questions yeah really for me it was the the weird humor stuff the idea of high school and then those questions I yeah had. i think those are basically all my negatives i didn't really i didn't really have a too lot too many negatives i guess but can we actually do positives next and then come back sure to yeah 
Um, because I have a few, when it comes to me, I have a few standout mm-hmm. positives, and then everything else is a neutral. Yeah. Uh, positives, I mean, do you want to just talk about Mysterio now? Yeah, sure. I, I love Mysterio. I thought I thought he was I thought he was so good. <laughs> and even though I saw the twist coming, I just I love the effects. Like the whole part with uh like when he leads um or when Spider Man thinks he's talking with Nick Fury in that in that whole what was it? Oh, in that, that was whole cool, base yeah. thing or something. Um, just that whole part was awesome. And what's so cool about that is I watched a ton of like like videos about Mysterio and stuff after the movie and everything. And what's so cool is that he was able to kind of um, he kind of did like a double layer of trickery on Spider-Man, like thinking. Oh yeah, he was... where he thought he came out and like Nick Fury shot right. him, right? And then well, like cause... it was that was actually still right because he, he when he was talking to Nick Fury, that was just Mysterio the whole time, you know, like that was never yeah. ever Nick Fury. So I thought that was I thought that was very cool, just like just the, that all those levels of trickery that he was able to pull off was just oh, it was so cool. Yeah, his whole idea of deception and being yeah. cunning and clever mm-hmm. was really One cool. actually Easter egg that I kind of wanted to throw out, which I actually got from uh, New Rockstars. I don't know if any of you guys watch those videos, but they're really cool. Is uh, There's a part in that whole scene where, uh, do you remember the part where like Iron Man comes out of the grave and tries to like strangle? Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? I think it's right before that part. Um, if you, uh, I think if you like, if you go, I'm trying to remember who exactly is there, but he's actually standing on Captain America's shield and there's actually statues of, uh, Captain America, Black Widow, Vision, everyone that basically died like in Infinity War and Endgame, there's like statues of them surrounding him. And then, and then he goes up to the grave and there's Iron Man in there. But I thought that was just like a cool little thing. No one's probably going to find out, but yeah, yeah I really think like just, the details that kind of went into that scene was, I think, really clever. So, yeah. yeah. I knew going in that Mysterio was going to end up yeah. being bad. The whole question was mm-hmm. how. And that was the part that was interesting, yeah. was figuring that out. And, like, his whole origin was mm-hmm. weird but interesting. Right. Um, I still wish it was the idea of he was the Mysterio of this universe working with Mysterios of other universes, mm-hmm. and that introduced the multiverse. Mm-hmm. But um, I guess this way still worked out yeah. well, just not as well as the multiverse. <laughs> what I think is cool is because yeah, like because because we're comic book fans, like we we knew that Mysterio was most likely gonna be bad going in. But like I had family and friends come up to me like, "Oh, I cannot believe Mysterio was a bad guy that whole time," and I'm like, "Yeah, like he totally was. That was crazy." <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know. It, it's just so weird to me, and it's funny, yeah. like you're saying, because that's like saying to me. That someone went into a Superman film where Lex Luthor was good at the beginning and then found out he was bad. Yeah, at the end. well, I guess it's just like was... when you say Mysterio, I think villain. I guess just Mysterio is not as known, so people just didn't yeah didn't know he was bad. But yeah, I just thought that was that was really funny. But <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> oh, and I, another thing I, I thought was kind of cool too is that um, uh, it was just a really cool throwback that one of the people. That worked with Mysterio was the guy that got yelled at by Obadiah Stane in Iron Man 1. Oh, I thought yeah, that was yeah. just kind of cool. And he was the bartender, right? Uh Oh, yeah. Like in the Yeah, I think so. And the trickery I scene so. where he was tricking yeah. him to hand over the glasses. Yeah, yeah I think so, yeah. But I yeah, thought that was, it was cool. just kind of a cool throwback, you know? Like something you never thought would come back. Came back. And do you know what was really weird? What was that? I hadn't seen that movie, Iron Man 2, uh-huh. right? I haven't seen that in forever. Okay. Or maybe it was Iron Man. Oh, Either Iron way, Man that, yeah. that Iron Man film. I haven't seen it in forever. Yeah. And I um, 
don't remember that much about it. But when I saw the bartender, I was like, he looks familiar. Who is that? But I I didn't make the connection at all. Like, oh, he's a bad guy or he's a good guy or he was in a previous MCU film. It was just he looks familiar. And then when he said that, I was like, well, that must be why he looked familiar. Well, what's crazy is that, like, I I watched like I watched all the Marvel movies leading up to Endgame, right? So, and I watched them all cut pretty frequently. Even I didn't recognize him at first. I was like, "Wait a second, what is going on?" And then the second he's like, they showed the clip. I was like, "Oh no way!" Like, like they went that far <laughs> back. That's crazy. But it's so cool. It's funny. Literally to the yeah. beginning. But I love that they're able to do stuff like that now. You know, like they've had like eleven years basically of making movies and now it's, it's cool that they're able to kind of call back to that mm-hmm. and that's another thing too where um that's a part of the film that calls back to an earlier version that you don't need to worry right. about like you could not have seen iron man one and could still mm-hmm. understand that but i do think that you need to definitely have seen um infinity war and endgame to understand this mm-hmm. film well I, I think if so. you want to get like that meaning I think you definitely yeah. have to, yeah. Cause, and I think that was well portrayed going mm-hmm. in, that people needed to yeah. see that before seeing this film, where, on the contrary, um, I don't think that it anybody thought that they needed to see Captain Marvel before going in to see this. Back to that one teacher with the witches, I think that was good comic yeah, relief. Yeah, okay, yeah. Um, I thought that was funny. He had an interest... Was he in the first movie at all? Uh, briefly. Okay. I feel like he was pretty good in this mm-hmm. movie as comic relief without being over the mm-hmm. top. And then just hinting back at negatives again. Um, whereas some other moments I feel like were bad comic relief. I think he was the standout good comic relief in this film. Gotcha. Okay. That's um, all I have to say about him. The, the other really big positive I loved was, I mean, we, we touched on the, I think both end credit scenes for me, just having watched them were all both very exciting. The one I really loved was actually the mid credit scene. I'm so happy they brought J.K. Simmons as um, as uh, Jameson, even if it's just a cameo and he doesn't even appear anymore. Like, oh, that was so like, oh man, oh, that made me so happy seeing that. But it makes me really excited to see like like how things are gonna be for Peter like coming in. And actually, um, I mentioned in my review this would be a really cool way to bring in uh daredevil like how, how cool would it be if like like uh, matt murdoch comes in as his lawyer or something you know like it like decides to help him out that's an interesting which I thought idea would be, I yeah which i thought would be really cool you know because obviously now people are going to be gunning for for uh spidey now um another thing that i also thought would be kind of cool um is that obviously i feel like they're building up to the sinister six right like i feel like that's coming um oh actually oh that makes sense before we talk about that Question: Do you think Mysterio's dead? No. Okay. Yeah, I don't think he's. I don't think he's dead either. The, my question mm-hmm. is: the, Someone who has been shown throughout a, the second half of a film to be the master of deception, mm-hmm. and then you look back at the first half of the film and see all of his deception. Right. Do you think he would die that no, easily? No way. No. Yeah, but um, so so tying to that, right? Because I do think if you do Sinister Six, he would be such a great character to bring in. But what I think would be kind of cool is, like, imagine if um, instead of just being, like, bad guys, hey, let's go kill Spider-Man, what if, like, the Sinister Six becomes, like, uh, basically, like, the new Avengers into the public's eye? And and they're oh, like, hey, we're going to bring in Spider-Man. Like, we're going to go get him for you guys. And But secretly, actually, you know, they have, like, some secret plot, like, in the background or something, you know? 
Have you ever read Justice? No, I don't think so. It's a fantastic comic. It's in a painted style by Alex Ross, just like Kingdom uh-huh. Come was. But it's really interesting because the whole premise is just like Got that. It, yeah. There's the um, the Legion mm. of Doom pretty much comes out and says, we're here to help. And they do all these great yeah. things like help poor people, um, help people who are hungry mm. and donate all this money and stuff, raise yeah. money. And Wonder Woman's like, we know they're up to something. Mm. We have to stop them. And Superman's like, Superman's like, yeah, but we can't right. because we have no proof. Yeah. And if it's a whole thing like that, I think it'd be yeah, really I think, cool. I think that'd be awesome, you know? Like, uh, like basically taking Mysterio's ideas, but just, like, on a grander scale, you know? Um, I think I think that'd be very interesting. Like, how is Spider-Man now going to take these guys out when they're, like, basically heroes in the public's eye, you know? Um, and then you can also bring in Jameson and kind of having him, like, basically be like, yeah, they're awesome, Spider-Man, you suck, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. I think that'd be I think that'd be a very interesting way to go about things. I think another interesting thing to do, another callback to justice. You think the whole book of justice? You think that ju- that um, Lex Luthor is the mastermind mm-hmm. behind the everything that's happening? And it seems like he is, and even Lex Luthor thinks that he's the mastermind mm-hmm. behind it. But in the end, you find out it's actually Brainiac controlling Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. So Lex Luthor thinks he's in control, but it's really Brainiac that's in control. Gotcha. And I think it'd be cool if it did something like that here, where it sets up that you think that mysterio is in charge and mysterio thinks that mysterio is in charge yeah but then you find out that there's like uh, that he's just a puppet yeah and then it's like doc Ogg or and something. there's somebody yeah. else and it, dr doom would be the perfect that'd be yeah. a perfect place to introduce that'd dr doom dr doom is actually controlling everything yeah that'd, that'd be awesome because he would yeah, do he that he would do that yeah but that would mean we'd have to wait like another five to ten years for dr doom yeah yeah <laughs> if that's the way they yeah. get it but it would mm-hmm. be worth it but but that's the thing um, that that um the whole Sinister Six thing makes me think that uh, they want to keep aging Spider-Man, like like what you were saying, to like college age and then maybe even older. Because like I don't see a Sinister Six happening like in the next movie, right? Because like there's just not enough mm-hmm. villains there, unless they can, unless they unless they want to. Don't rush it. Don't please Marvel. Do not rush into that. But you know, I mean, unless they rushed it. They're like there's just because you'd have Mysterio, you'd have Vulture, Scorpion. That's three guys right there. Um, so you have half, but yeah, yeah. So hopefully they keep developing Spider-Man even more. But anyway, you want to get to uh, yeah. neutrals? Um. Well, real quick before uh-huh. we do that, uh, I want to say something about J.K. Okay. Simmons. I like the idea of him being in there if it's a cameo. Mm-hmm. I don't like it if they continue to have him in it. Because mm-hmm. to me, cameo, fine to have a previous mm-hmm. actor playing the part. If it's continued, that becomes confusing for multiverse mm-hmm. reasons. Especially if they ever want to do a Spider-Verse film and bring in the previous well, Spider-Man. Which I think it seems like really they want cool. to do that, so hopefully it happens. Yeah, I would really mm-hmm. enjoy that, especially seeing Tobey Maguire's yeah. Spider-Man again. Oh yeah, let's um, see Spider-Man. I think that would be awesome. But now that if you're having different actors playing spider-man that would mean you need different actors and actresses playing every other character mm-hmm. where if it was the same actor it works for a multiverse film if it's different actors it works for a multiverse film but you can't have the same actor playing jj jameson mm-hmm. in my opinion i think it makes it confusing cool so yeah. that's just my thoughts mm-hmm. on that um but yeah i agree with you i think it's a really cool mm-hmm. setup that mid-credit yeah. scene and it's interesting to see th- where things mm-hmm. go with that and um so i kind of talked about my negatives and my positives i think everything else in the film was a neutral to mm-hmm. 
um which is why i said this film was a mixed bag because i think mysterio was fantastic awesome i talked about the negatives and everything else being a neutral kind of evens out to being a neutral mm. overall for me yeah when for, for me the, the big neutral for me was nick fury but that technically wasn't even nick fury you know so yeah um because like during the whole movie and I kind of predicted he was going to end up being a scroll. Like, I I, ta- I messaged my parents. I messaged my uncle. I'm like, how much you want to bet? Like, one of the end credit scenes is Nick Fury's a scroll. And they're like, really? <laughs> um, but then he, he just did not act like Nick Fury basically that whole movie. You know? Like, he never would have fallen for Mysterio that easily, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think half of it is because he was... He was, oh man, he was so good in Captain Marvel, man. He was amazing. And for him to kind of, I don't know, he just, it helps that, well, he didn't really act like Nick Fury, but he also wasn't, I didn't really like him too much, kind of this movie, but, um, like, I would say, like, out of all, like, his performances is probably my least favorite of Nick. Like, he wasn't bad, but it was kind of just like, whatever, Mm -hmm. he's there. (laughs) That's fair. That's really kind of my only like real neutral though, but yeah, yeah. Well, I don't really have much else to say about it. I feel like we had good discussions about yeah. this film. We talked about things we liked, mm-hmm. we didn't like. So, I feel pretty good closing it yeah. up there. Same here. I don't really have a rating. I kind of talked. I'm pretty mixed bag mm-hmm. for me. Um, if I were to rate the parts I'd like, I'd give it like an. If I'm looking at just the parts I like, I give it like a nine. If I'm looking at just the parts I don't like, I give it like a one. But really, you can say that about any mm-hmm. film. Yeah. So I'm kind of stuck of how to rate it because I don't know how I feel about mm-hmm. it because of how mixed I am. I, I, I'll, I'll say this. like Some people are going to be probably going to be really mad at me because I know a lot of people like really enjoyed this movie. And I liked it too. Don't get me wrong. I liked it, but like I don't really care to see it again, to be honest with you. Like, I mean, my uncle hasn't seen it. I'll go watch it with him. Um, but I, I just didn't, I, I didn't love it as much as like the previous Marvel movies, you know, if that makes sense. But yeah, yeah. Like Endgame, it- happily watched many times. Captain Marvel, happily watched many times. But yeah, no, this one didn't really like. I still liked it, but it, I didn't really love it, you know. But. Let me say it like this: If there was a different villain, it would probably have a bad rating for me. I'm, I'm honestly, I'm kind of, like if if it did not have a as good villain, yeah, it'd probably be like it probably end up being probably one of my lowest rated Marvel movies. But mm-hmm. Mysterio was awesome, so please, please, please Definitely. do not kill him off because that would be so dumb. Yeah, he 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 made well, that movie. I'm with mm-hmm. you there. Well, let's go ahead and close things out. All right. You can reach out to us on Twitter. I just realized I've been giving you all the wrong uh, Twitter handle this whole time. Uh Uh-oh. There's dots in my Instagram, but not in my Twitter. Twitter is just Leshismore. (laughs) At Leshismore. Okay. I'm at Joshua Comics. You want to talk about the contest? Oh, actually, let's talk about Facebook first. Uh, Go for you can it. reach out to us on Facebook. Just search up the Comic and Culture Cast, and we will be there to yeah. help you. And also, BitChute and YouTube, yeah. same thing. The Comic and Culture Cast. 
I uploaded a new video recently. Um, you can check that out if you're interested. If you've never played Dokkan and you're interested in what the game might be like, that's also a good thing to check out and kind of see what the game is like. Um, we also have other videos showing off some other video games and other Dokkan footage. Um, Lesh is going to be putting up some footage from some of his gameplay of games soon as well. Apex Legends. So whenever he gets to that. So that should be really cool. And also, let's move on to the contest. Robbie is the winner of the last contest. We got in contact with him, and his comics are either on the way or being packaged up right now to be on the way soon. soon. So he should be getting those soon. And we have the new contest. Just leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Um, please make sure you leave a written review so we can see it. We'll read it. After we get one review, we'll set a time limit for any more. And then we'll do a drawing of names to pick a winner. Cool. Also, um, a little thing about next episode. We have an episode planned, but we're actually going to have a half episode. So right now you're listening to episode 17. We're going to have 17 and a half is going to be the next episode. And it's going to be an interview with a filmmaker. So that'll be really cool. <gasps> is it? Is it him? It's him. No way. Him? Yep. We got we got so, him. Yep. Oh my goodness! You, oh, you guys, we it's we got him. All right, and then why don't you tell about episode after episode seventeen and a half? What's episode eighteen gonna yeah, be? Yeah, so we're actually gonna have back to back episodes for you guys. So Comic Con is coming up this weekend, which is crazy because oh wait, actually, wait today's. Actually, it starts tomorrow, I think. Wait, oh, wow. <laughs> hold on. Let me check that. Yeah, it does. So tomorrow is the first official day of Comic-Con. So that's awesome. Also, The Lion King is coming out. And I know we talked about reviewing the animated version as well, right? Did we see what yeah. you want to do also, both of those? Quick note. He said tomorrow is the first day of Comic-Con. Oh, I probably won't have this episode right. up until Thursday. So yesterday was most likely the July first day 17th, of Comic-Con. July 17th, the first day of Comic-Con. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, we got, yeah, we got a bunch of stuff planned for you guys. It should be great. It's going to be... Uh, I, I forgot how busy I'm going to have to be this weekend because of all this stuff, but we'll make it work. We'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah so... All right, Wailing Wolfish, Aquaman, reach that of the podcast. Well, that's just too bad, Aqualad. We'll have to wait until the half episode with our interview. Sweet. And then Comic-Con and Lion King. And everything. And everything else. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, does whatever a spider can. Spins a web any size, catches thieves just like flies. Look out! Here comes Spider Man. Ba dum bum bum!